Oh my goodness, how do you stop eating this thing? Oh jeez, yeah, that's what she... Anyway, whatever. Betty Crocker, Devil's Food Cake? This stuff is not only just easy to make, it did take an hour to cook or to bake, but damn. Oof, that's tasty. Friday, April 22nd, 2022. I'm Steven Sersky. Thanks for joining me. And yeah, I had the uh, the urge to bake. Actually, it wasn't so much the urge. It was a, um, a double down on the whole leveraging my time since I'm working from home these days. I was supposed to get it done, like make it during the day, but I forgot because uh, I was busy thinking about other things. Uh, but uh, I did it after work, which was too bad because I didn't eat it until 8:30. Like, uh, and that, that sort of—I don't like eating that late anymore. Uh, but whatever. That, that being the case, I made both of them. I had this two-for-one boxes that I got from April Gourmet. So I'm like, well, why just make one? Why not make make both of them? So I did, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I did throw in some flax seeds and chia seeds. And I'm glad I did. Uh, you're probably thinking, like, Steve, why would you do that? Why Why would you wreck it? I noticed with things like this, uh, same with the, uh, the cookies uh, that Betty Crocker makes, like these uh, packaged cookies mixtures, uh, that if you just made them the way that they are, you could eat a lot of them. You don't feel full, but you kind of feel a little bit off. At least I do. And so I've noticed that if I put in things like flax seeds or chia seeds into the mixture, you do eventually get that feeling of being full. And so that's what was happening with this uh, devil's food cake. Now, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I ate a quarter of the, the pie already, a quarter of the uh, the pan. And I, I made two of them. So I made two boxes. I'm not sure. What are the serving size? I, I don't know. I don't even care. There's a lot of sugar and fat in there. I mean, I dumped... Uh, what, 200 grams of butter into it, 250 grams of butter into it, plus six eggs, milk, you name it. I mean, this thing is not, I, I didn't make this to lose weight. <laughs> I did this because I'm like, I should have got vanilla ice cream along the <laughs> I saw them for sale and that's why I, I, I bought them. Uh, and I'm trying to get rid of this caramel sauce that's in the fridge. Um, but uh, it turns out Devil's Food Cake comes with the the, the chocolate icing. Here I thought, I shall give my credit uh, credit to my sister for this. I have actually thought that that icing had to be made in addition to the uh, um, the, the the cake itself. Apparently, it's included. It's in a separate package. I didn't know that. Jeez, that's that that changes things. I do know that Betty Crocker does make those. Uh, it's canned icing. And it is fantastic. Horrible for you. All sugar and fat, but fantastic. I mean, that is sort of the icing that you don't find in China. It's bizarre. Uh, and then along the lines, these Betty Crocker cakes, these prepackaged whatevers, that's the type of cake that I'm used to growing up with. Not necessarily Betty Crocker. I mean, my because uh, my sister uh, is a fan, uh, fanta a fantastic um, cook and a baker. Uh, I assume my my mom was able to make quite a bit of stuff. Like my family has people who are able to do this stuff. I I by no means am in that sort of realm. I'm I'm trying horribly, but uh, 
these cakes are sort of what I remember growing up with or something similar to that. And so when I go to these places like a Starbucks or these cafes here and I get that very soft, it's uh, there's just no substance. It's all cream and like light bread here in China. I'm just so disappointed. That's why I, that's why I buy these things because I'm like, I, if I can't find them, I'm going to make them myself, right? I think the closest... I've gotten uh, well. There are good. There are come some places uh, that uh, uh, have good desserts. Uh, Blue Frog has a good brownie. Uh, Baker and Spice has good desserts. Wagus as well. But these big Betty Crocker ones are just they're a little bit different. And I can make them here while I'm doing other things. And again, I was supposed to make them during the day, and I forgot. But be that as me, got them done. And tomorrow, I'm not going to lie, I think I will probably go get the vanilla ice cream, and then that will be my dessert for tomorrow. These things don't last long. They should, but they don't. Productive day overall was working at home again. Was, uh, I didn't get as much Chinese done that I wanted to, but I did go for a mid-afternoon stroll or a lunchtime stroll. Gorgeous day out today. Uh, I mean, it still smelled like Beijing, you know, that sort of whiff of coal dust in the air, but blue enough, uh, blue blue skies, not too gray, uh, not overly gray, and uh, it was uh, a very nice weather, so I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to get out and go for a walk, and it was a 30-minute walk I was able to do, and uh, listen to some Chinese along the way. It is getting easier to comprehend, and this is good. Uh, now, tomorrow, if... Uh, all goes well, and according to plan, I'm going to sit down and start making my way through uh, those uh, those chapters uh, that I need to get done in terms of grammar and uh, the exercises. I mentioned this uh, yesterday, the, uh, the list of things that I have to get done uh, in order to prepare for this uh, HSK-5 test. And hopefully it goes through because uh, I see, I was getting questions today from people in Canada, like, Steve, are you okay? There's a lockdown and everything. I'm like, is there? <laughs> in Shanghai, there's a lockdown. Beijing, we're open. But uh, I think I've mentioned this before. There was some talk about Beijing getting locked down because some of the health officials here uh, were getting a talking to by their higher ups. And that doesn't bode well. I mean, if they're getting a talking to, it might proceed or uh, a, a lockdown measure or something like that I I don't see it because uh, I do see the chains on the side gates of my compound are off and which is again who knows tomorrow morning they could be locked again I don't know but uh, typically when those things are off it usually means that the city's opening up again rather than closing down and already today, like uh, in the news, I was seeing that, you know, sh Shanghai is trying to address the issue very quickly. And it seems that they're trying to sort of get through the lockdown quicker than it was sort of last week sort of thing. So anyway, the uh, that it, that's that's happening over there. It's not happening here. That can't happen here. Could it or would it? I don't know. Well, Good thing I have these Betty Crocker cakes. I mean, as long, if I ran out, I mean, I don't know what I would do for a, 
uh, cake afterwards. <laughs> How would I be left alone to eat cake if uh, I have no Betty Crocker uh, cake mixes? Anyway, the one other thing uh, I was working on today, actually, I was reading, going back to this J.P. Getty book, How to Be Rich. Uh, so this book and uh, Interior Chinatown are my two focuses uh, right now in terms of my reading. Um, the Interior Chinatown, I was reading it and kind of like, you know, I want to read it to get it done, but I also want to read J.P. Getty because uh, this, this Getty's book is one of those that you can pick up, read a paragraph, and go, damn, yes, I learned something, right? And one of the things, actually, this was coupled today with the uh, re-emergence, the reappearance uh, with the... I guess the reignition of me wearing a blazer, a suit jacket. So I put on a tie. I have a dress shirt, a tie, and a suit jacket. And uh, so I was wearing that today. And I'm kind of like, it's my grandfather's suit jacket from years ago. I got it from, um, I'm, not, I'm not even sure how, it was after he passed away, years ago. Uh, and I guess, uh, like, my mother held on to it. And I guess she was like, if you want it, take it. If you don't, then it's going to go to the Salvation Army sort of thing. And I was like, well, I'm going to take it. It fits all right. And it especially fit all right, um, I guess, a couple of years ago, five, six years ago when I was uh, much bigger. And this had me thinking, I'm like, wow, this, this jacket. I'm, I'm not, the, the jacket looks kind of new, so I'm not sure how long he had it. But uh, I'm not sure what my grandfather would think about this jacket being worn in China, just like how far it's sort of traveled, basically, is, is my point. Uh, but wearing this suit jacket, uh, looking pretty proper from at least the waist up, uh, not going to lie. Uh, and then reading J.P. Getty, the section on how, like the last chapter of the book talks about um, how people, a lot of business people that uh, Getty knew throughout his uh, career through his business life uh, there are these corporate sort of stompers who um, they want to become something within the corporation but they don't really stand for anything and it, he, he talks about this one part one part wherein uh, the number of suicides in the United States uh, when he was writing this book it was like 120,000 or something uh, not that it's all of them I mean uh, there could be more suicides because some of them are, aren't classified as suicides. And I bring this up because he mentions that some of these suicides, you, you, when you hear this, you think that it's probably people without money. He points out it's, it's actually quite a few of them have money, that they hit their goals. And he says, if that happens, these people didn't have real goals in the first place. And, Every time I pick up this book, it's like it's been written today, for today. It is so modern in its uh, in its application that it's it's actually shocking that more people don't read that book. Uh, that I don't hear more people talking about it uh, in in any of the circles. I guess because JP Ketty, uh, he's sort of a he's not very. Uh, the whole grandson issue where he wouldn't pay the ransom for his grandson and his grandson got his ear chopped off uh, and really didn't leave a very good uh, impression on people. But 
uh, he explains um, he he didn't publicly state why he did it, and it was basically because he's like, I have lots of grandchildren. Um, if I pay for one, then they're all going to start getting picked off. So uh, it's like it was risk management, basically, is what he was doing, which is what this business guy does. Um, he also talks about the number of marriages he's had, like five. <laughs> he's like, it's not their fault; it's mine. I mean, and he's he's saying like. It, I cannot stop thinking of my business. I am my business. I just, I work. And it's not just that I'm working. It's that I'm doing stuff to build the business pretty much all the time. And I look at all the things that I'm doing. This, this strikes me. Again, wearing my grandfather's uh, suit jacket that, I mean, has at least had it for a few years anyway. And I'm thinking back to the old times, you know, what my grandfather, because uh, this J.P. Getty's book was published basically when my grandfather was uh, uh, in the peak of his career, I guess you could say, and that my father was sort of just getting into his, sorry, my grandfather would have been sort of at the edge at the end of his uh, career, whereas my father would be entering into the beginning of his peak years. So I'm reading this book with this sort of taking into all the all the things that they did and all the things that I I'm working on, you know, studying these languages, living in China, working on computer graphics, and these computer graphics are heavily dependent, pretty much entirely dependent on computers that I don't know how to fix. Like it's very difficult. I can troubleshoot some things, but I mean I couldn't tell you how the the innards of a computer works, right? Whereas a guy like J.P. Getty. Uh, I mean, he knew how those oil rigs worked. I mean, he helped build them. Um, that was sort of the big thing. I mean, he just he hired people, obviously, and the the companies evolved. Uh, but thinking of the application of the technical application of business execution, so I mean, like, do you know how the innards of your company works, of your business, not just your company, your business, how it works, and then. Can you be creative enough, innovative enough to keep up with the times and not get, you know, uh, burdened with trivialities, getting sidetracked? Are your values true? Are they pure? Are they whatever? And I kind of think back to my, my dad who had, you know, family had five kids. And I wonder if at some point he did make that choice. Instead of being the corporate guy that Getty talks about, you know, that guy who kind of like a yes man, he does everything, he's always at, at the beck and call of the, the job, at the company, <clears throat> you know, regardless of what the family matter is like. And I kind of go, well, I wonder if my dad did make that choice, wherein he's like, I would rather have five kids than lots of money or like whatever. And it's not like we weren't poor. And they provided a very good life for us, um, and still have, to tell you the truth. So I look at that and I go, "Wow!" I mean, it's a lot of taking. It's a, I'm sitting here in my apartment in Beijing, <laughs> homeworking here, testing um, all sorts of uh, uh, work methodologies here, uh, meeting with clients online, and uh, in the ESL industry, right? And so, and, and by methodologies, I mean like, how am I going to make homeworking easier and more productive for myself? And so this is, 
This is what I was thinking about uh, pretty much for the most of the morning and not reading this uh, Interior Chinatown book that I want to get finished and not working on my Chinese. At what point do you work on things like studying Chinese, which doesn't have an immediate payoff, and opt for working more about a company or a business that does bring in the money right now? There's a trade-off, and Getty talks about that as well in his, uh, in his uh, book there. Anyway, uh, homeworking, great, awesome. Was able to also uh, get a second run after work in. That was good. Um, I'm also working on this After Effects thing. It is getting a little bit easier, and it's actually, I mean, there is a learning curve, but it seems like the the few functions that you need to make things kind of really neat happen are pretty standard. Um, the one that comes to mind, like the the three or four hot, hot keys for like uh, showing keyframes, keyframes, which is, is U, uh, rotation, R, scale, S, and uh, what else is there? Oh, and then you add an effect called uh, trim. Oh no. Rate trims, trim something, whatever. I can't remember the name of it. Computer graphics artists are going, yes, it's this thing. It seems pretty easy. Uh, oh, an easy frame, easy ease keyframes, which everyone mentions them. It just means that it's uh, the computer smooths out the uh, the use of the keyframes. So if you didn't smooth them out with the easy ease, they would uh, the animations would be a little bit more jagged, a little bit more abrupt. Easy ease makes them a little bit more gentler. And I'm looking at this. I created a, another little logo today. Uh, didn't take as long as yesterday's. Uh, but that's, I think, part and parcel because I was able to... Um, it was very similar, actually. And the, the both of them, both of these logo creations were very similar. So I was sort of working from memory at the same time. I was able to... Uh, change things a little bit. I've been thinking about making more logos, just picking out names and trying to create something like that. It would give me a target. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking back to March Motion, wherein I was making these very elaborate uh, animations, these elaborate CG creations. And I go, that it took a lot of time, uh, a lot of energy. And I mean, I did learn a lot, but it's not as fast. And I couldn't even tell you how to create something like that. Whereas with something a little bit simpler, such as logo design or uh, titles and things like that, those are the things where I can come up with an idea and start implementing it on my own without watching someone else do it. All the other graphic stuff, like the, you know, rotoscoping people, like cutting people out of the image, basically. Uh, creating um, particle effects like smoke or fire. That stuff, don't really know how to do just yet. Working on it. Interested in doing it. Uh, and possibly something for May You Make Your Movie, which is coming up in like just over a week. Um, the, you know... And, it's interesting. It's fun to play around with this program. I can see the benefit of it, but at 30 bucks a pop, if I don't start making money off of this thing, not that I'm saying I'm getting into logo making to make money, 
I don't see how I would need to keep on paying for this thing over and over again. I would just go back to using Motion and the other things that, uh, like a Pixelmator Pro. The one thing I was looking at doing was some animation, and this is really neat. Although, if you have Adobe Cloud, uh, you can get the Adobe Animate program, and that does a lot of animation for you. There was a guy who has an animation uh, demonstration um, in regard uh, that uses vector graphics from freepick.com, I think it is. Yeah, freepick.com. He downloaded a bunch of vector graphics from there and was able to uh, animate characters uh, with After Effects. Interesting idea. Certainly something I want to get into. I like the idea and I like the application of it. I can see how it can be useful for my own work, especially in the uh, ESL industry. Um, so it is something that I would uh, sort of keep in mind as I'm moving forward. But do I need to use Adobe After Effects to get it done? Uh, very good question if I have to spend that money, if there's no money coming in. And so all that sort of leads me uh, with reading this J.P. Getty book and looking at Apple, uh, April After Effects and Motion... Uh, and even reading this interior of Chinatown, I, I, I hit the part of the book where he, uh, his uh, girlfriend at the time has a, uh, has a child, and he doesn't move away with her, her and the child, because he wants to keep on pursuing this dream of being a uh, kung fu man, kung fu guy. And this one actually, uh, given the reviews of this book, this part actually hit me because I was kind of like. That sounds like, you know, someone who keeps on pursuing something that could happen at one time, but what's the cost? What's the payoff? Is the payoff what you think it's going to be? Or could you sort of settle for something else, maybe something less in terms of that direct manifestation of your dream, and instead gain something else that maybe you didn't think about uh, or weren't aware that would be an issue earlier in your life. And I can pretty much vouch for the fact that when you're 12 or 13, at least most guys, you're not thinking about how many kids you're going to have later in life. And maybe the women have a bit more of a um, direct uh, discussion about such things. But uh, men, I mean, I don't know who of the guys that I know ever thought when they were 12, 13, you don't talk about, oh, what did you want to be when uh, you when you grow up? It's I want to be a father. You never hear that. And that's a given. But the given doesn't explain when it's going to happen, what age, and how you're going to pay for it, the money, and what are you going to do for the money, what job, in that order pretty much. So I got to that part of the book and that hit me. Reading this J.P. Getty book, you know, about people working too hard and offing themselves after they've hit their financial goal and things like that. While wearing my grandfather's uh, suit jacket. Now, he did live to, uh, was he 87 when he passed away? So, he had good long jeans, I'm not going to lie. Uh, some some lengthy, lengthy lives in the family, um, especially on my, my mom's side. So, but... Uh, Looking at that all, going, wow, yeah, what am I, like, what does it come down to? What am I, what am I struggling for? What am I aiming for? Uh, 
I guess one thing I would I, I would be content with, especially as I have to renew my passport, is if I wasn't so threatened by the loss of a paycheck. If I could solve that issue, and that's what a lot of people are talking about, you know, you live pay to, paycheck to paycheck, even though we could be well off in many people's eyes, we still have our costs. Could we live lower down the, the financial pole? Sure thing. But is that where you want to go or do you want to go up? Having money makes things easier. Um, just about everybody will say that. And if they don't say that, usually it means they don't have any money or any ideas to make money. And it's not even just the money, it's the idea to that they can convert into money that is derived from a product or a service that is making other people's lives easier. And that's that. That's where I get hit. I run into a wall and go, what can I do to make people's lives easier? What product or what service can I offer? And of course, the answer usually comes back, well, teach English. <laughs> so I guess I better study that then, right? All right, folks, I'm going to leave it there. There's your philosophy for the uh, end of the week. Uh, <laughs> kind of a uh, bit of a mishmash of ideas there. Hope you guys have a great weekend and are uh, staying in shape out there, eating well, not having too much cake, even though you get two boxes for the price of one and have a bag of caramel sauce that you need to get rid of. Uh, but uh, eat your vegetables, drink your water, go for your runs. It's warmer outside. Uh, why not, right? 20 minutes? That's all you got to do. That's all it is. Thanks for listening, folks. Show notes up on my website, stephensersky.com. Thank you for listening. We'll talk again. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.